Amen. It's kind of neat how two great minds think alike. As, as Tate was praying, I was just showing Paxton uh, on, the, on the phone before I came up here because I was watching the, watching the uh, live stream. And there's folks from all over the place watching this. You know, I'd like to say hello to Garda. Where's she at? In Illinois? Garda Shubel's in Illinois or somewhere like that. I, I saw some, some heavenly saints from Rockmart watching it. Uh, Linda Stigall and several of them. And, but, and then you guys, my people, the ones I love. Not that I don't love the others, but you, North Point, has been given to me from God to, to be your pastor. And I'm so glad that we are in your living room or on your phone. Wherever you're at this morning, you're watching and you're listening. I want to tell you today is, is also a day that when we pray and when you pray, today's been declared uh, the sanctity of human life day. I want you guys to remember that. And uh, as a matter of fact, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, today, today was set aside and declared from some Christian leaders as the day of the, the sanctity of human life. Lord, let us be warriors for those who cannot protect themselves and speak for themselves. We love you and it's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 We're still in a, a faith that works when, when life don't. I think we're like part 26. Today we're going to talk about a faith that helps me see the truth. We've been in the book of James now for, for a long time talking about principles uh, for living through a pandemic. And uh, James wrote this, this small book uh, when Christians were not able to meet publicly for worship. Many had lost their homes and lost their businesses and, and they were scattered. And so I want you, as you get your, as you're getting your, your outlines out that Mallory has put on Facebook for us, for you getting those to look at. I want you to write stuff down. It's easier to remember that way. I posted this on Facebook. It's a question that I want you to consider today. Have you ever felt a deep feeling that something that you were considering doing was the absolute right thing to do? And you just felt it in your heart. But after you did it, in hindsight, it was exactly the wrong thing to do. Well, why does that happen? I think for two or three reasons. First, we rarely have 100% of the facts before we do it. We just get in a hurry. Secondly, you and me, we're not God. And we can't always see the unintended consequences 
of our actions. Thirdly, I've told you this before. Not everything that that you and I think and everything that we feel is true. Just because you think it doesn't make it true. Just because you feel it doesn't make it right. Sometimes it leads to disastrous consequences. Proverbs 16, 25 says, people always think they're doing the right thing, but in the end, it leads to their death. You see, thinking and feeling doesn't cut it. We need a more objective authority for our decisions than simply our own feelings or others' thoughts on Facebook. Three times in the book of James, he says, don't deceive yourselves. He warns us about trusting our own thinking. You see, self-deception is a major thing throughout the Bible. Way back in, in Jeremiah 17 says, the human mind is the most deceitful of all things. It is incurable. No one can understand how deceitful it is. That's what God says about my mind. That's what God's saying about your mind. And our lives prove it's true. Every day, every day, whatever you tell yourself is not always the truth. What you feel is not always true. Feelings lie. Your thoughts and and your feelings can be created by a whole lot of untrustworthy causes. We lie to ourselves far more than we lie to anybody else. We tell, tell, tell ourselves that things are better or we tell ourselves that things are worse than they really are. I want to tell you this morning that you're not really a good judge of you. You're not. You're not impartial. You and me, we have biases from our experiences, our prejudices. The Bible says that our thoughts and feelings are deceitful. But that's the exact opposite of what our culture tells us. Jeremiah 17, 9 is a, is a countercultural verse. Our culture tells us to, to look within yourself if you want to know the right thing to do. And if you don't trust God, then you do tend to look within. I mean, it sounds so spiritual what, what people tell you. Do what's best for you. Just trust your gut. Worldly advice doesn't work. It's based on a lie. The truth is, you don't have all the the knowledge inside of you. Because the knowledge inside of you has been distorted by your experiences, by your emotional needs, by your relationships. We all got this, this broken brain. Everything has been broken by sin. 
James says it's easy to fool ourselves. Self-deception. Self-deception. It's created lots of times with our own rationalization. I love the way Rick Warren defines rationalization. We tell ourselves rational lies. Rational lies. I try to convince myself in my mind that, that everything is okay, and in my heart I know it's not okay. Seems a battle sometimes. So today I want to give you some examples from the Bible of ways that, that we can regularly deceive ourselves. Then I want to show you what we should do about it. I'm going to go through them pretty quick. So I want you to be ready to write them down. But why is it important that we tell ourselves the truth? Well, Jesus said the truth is what sets us free. It's the truth that solves our problems. And it's acting on the truth that brings us happiness and joy. The more that you and I can stop listening to, to self-thoughts that aren't true, the more happier, the more healthier, and the more holier we will be. So let's get right into it. You're filling in your blanks, and I hope you, I hope you got your pen out, a cup of coffee. I'm deceiving myself, number one, when I think I've earned and deserve all I have. I'm deceiving myself when I think I've earned and deserve all I have. See, in, in today's culture, we, we admire the man or the woman that, that we call him a self-made man. Y'all heard that term before. He pulled himself up by his own bootstraps. In reality, there is no such thing as a self-made man. Who gave you that brain? Who gave you that toughness? You and I would have nothing if God hadn't given it to us. Amen. There's no such thing as a self-made man. You make the most of what God has given you. But it all came from God. You could have had different parents. You could have been born in a different country. At a different time. You could have different gifts. You could have different talents. God wants you and I to succeed but he also wants us to recognize that it's all a gift from him and to be grateful. Amen. But when we say we've done it on our own without God's help, we're deceiving ourselves and we should be grateful. One time God allowed the king of Assyria, I think is how you say that, to defeat Israel because they had turned away from him. But the king of Israel in his victory became boastful and proud. God told him, said this in Isaiah 10. God said, I will punish the king of Assyria for his prideful arrogance. 
He claims, I've done this all by myself. By my own strength, I've won these battles. And by my own clever wisdom, I've captured many nations and made myself wealthy. God said, no, you didn't. Oh, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. God allowed it. That's the first and most common self-deceptive. James 1, 16, 17 says, don't be deceived, dear brothers and sisters. Every good gift you have is a perfect present from God above. It has come down from the Father who created all of the heavenly lights. When I get like that, I think my success is caused by me. Don't think that you're a self-made person. Number two, I'm deceiving myself when I think hearing God's word means I've obeyed it. Woo! Just hearing God's word, listening right now, To obey it means you apply it to your life. Apply it to your life. We may attend worship service. We may watch it online. We might even take notes. But that doesn't mean we actually applied it to our lives and obeyed what God said to do or done anything about it. It's self-deception. James 1.22, one of my favorites. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. You must do what it says to do. If you're just listening to the message right now and you don't do anything about it, then you have deceived yourself. It didn't really help you. I want to read you another translation of that New Century Version. When you only listen to God's word and you do nothing about it, you are just fooling yourself. You know why I ask you to write things down? Why it's important? Because if you don't write something down in 70, the U.S. Air Force done a study on it. In 72 hours, you, you forget 90 to 95% of what you heard. If you write it down, you retain it a little longer. Let me read it to you in the message uh, translation. I really like this. It's one I can relate to. Don't fool yourself letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Act on what you hear. Jesus said this, John 13, 17. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. You know why I like this verse? It's so good. <laughs> Jesus said it. The blessings come after you do them. The blessing don't come just knowing the word. The blessing comes after you do the word. That's when the blessing comes. You're not a mature Christian by listening. You mature by doing. Number three, I'm deceiving myself when I think I'm mature, but don't control my mouth. Amen. I got some growing up to do. Mm, James 1.26. If you think you're religious, but you don't control your tongue, then your religion is worthless and you deceive yourself. 
your mouth reveals your maturity. See, what you and I say is the acid test of our spirituality. Our spiritual health is revealed by our tongue. Did y'all know that? I'm going to say it one more time just so you write it down at home. Our spiritual health is revealed by our tongue. Our tongue. The message translation is, anyone who sets himself up as religious by talking a good game is self-deceived. This kind of religion is hot air and only hot air. Can I get an amen on the hot air? Number four, I'm deceiving myself when I assume my viewpoint is what God thinks. When I think my opinion, my political view, my spiritual view, my theological view, when I assume that my viewpoint is the same thing as God's, I'm talking about identical, I'm deceiving myself. You ever met anybody that thinks that they're right all the time? Of course you have. It's me. It's you. <laughs> you might as well admit it. We've all felt this way before. I hope y'all have. I hope I'm not just the only one. My wife says I'm right all the time. Maybe it's I think I'm right all the time. Job 11, 4 says, you say to God, my beliefs are flawless and I can't be blamed for anything. He said, I got it all figured out. Political views, financial views, it's perfect. What's worse is that sometimes you, sometimes me start thinking our opinions and our viewpoints and our perspective are identical to God. That's dangerous self-deception. I've talked to Christians. I'm talking about Christians who think and act like God is a member of their political party. He's a member. They think that God hates the other political party as much as they do. You're wrong. You're wrong. God ain't no member of a, a political party. Jesus says the exact opposite. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not of this world. Christians, I want to talk to you. We're, we're members of a lot more important party. We're members of the kingdom of God. So never confuse your politics with God's purpose in the world. Never confuse what you value with what God values the most. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. The Lord says, my thoughts are completely different from yours and my ways are far beyond anything that you could imagine. For just as heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my views are higher than your views. 
I, I tell you what, I'm going to tell you something. You either believe that or you don't. You either believe it or you don't. How long has it been since you changed your mind about anything? Because you got more truth. Not more fake news, but more truth. If you've never changed your mind about anything major, then you're not growing in your faith. Paul had to change his views. Acts 26, 9, Paul said, I was once convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. God wants us to care about people no matter, no matter their views. His thoughts are different than our thoughts. Jeremiah 14, I love this. And the Lord said, some people claim to speak for me, but they're deceived and lying. I didn't even speak to them, much less choose them to be my prophet. Their messages come from worthless dreams, useless predictions, and their own imagination. Therefore, I'll punish these people for claiming to speak my will, even though I never sent them. Don't think that your views are God's views. Number five, I'm deceiving myself when I confuse keeping current with being wise. We get that? I'm deceived when I think with keeping current with being wise. That's a big mistake. Being well versed on all the news and, and, and the gossip while being ignorant of the eternal truth of God's word. That's self-deception. We spend more time watching the news instead of reading and studying the good news. That's a problem. We can quote the newest song, sports statistics, stock prices, political views, and they don't make us wise. If you want wisdom, you got to go to the book of wisdom. You got to go to the book of wisdom. I told you before, we got to have less time on Facebook and more time with our faith in this book. Amen. Just more time. 1 Corinthians 3.18. Don't fool yourself. Don't think you can be wise merely by being up to date with the times. I love what the message said that. Don't fool yourself. Don't think you can be wise merely by being up to date with the times. I don't know about y'all, but at the times, there's a lot of faulty information out there. A lot of, lot of faulty information. Jeremiah 7 8, where am I at here? You are trusting in deceptive words that are worthless. Guys, you need some more good news in your life. Number six, I'm deceiving myself when I think I have the right to judge others. I'm deceiving myself when I think I have the right to judge others. Oh, boy. Oh. God says you are, you are deceiving yourself when you assume that you know other people's motives. You get that? You don't know other people's motives. As a matter of fact, you don't even know all your motives. 
How can you know their motives when you're not even sure of yours? What makes you, what makes me think that we have the right to judge other people? What makes us think that? That we know why they do what they do. God says judging others is a sin. James uh, 4.12 says, God is the only lawgiver and judge. He alone can save and destroy. So who do you think you are to judge someone else? Self-deception. Every time I judge someone, I'm deceiving myself. Galatians 6, 3. Where am I at? I don't need to go there. I'm on the wrong spot. Don't judge others. I'm deceiving myself, number seven. When I think, and I know your parents are going to love me for this. I'm deceiving myself when I think wrong friends won't influence me. Won't influence me. Do you remember when your mom and dad told you not to hang out with someone of a bad reputation? Sonny, they're going to bring you down. They're going to bring you down. Sonny, they're going to mess you up. Sonny, they're going to influence you in the, in the wrong way. Mom, I ain't going to get in no trouble. I won't let them influence me. Well, guess what? That was wishful thinking. It was self-deception. You've heard it. I'm going to say it again. It's always easier for someone to bring you down than for you to lift them up. You know why? Gravity is on their side. Moral gravity. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Don't fool yourself. Bad, compa bad companions will learn good, good character. It sounds just meaner when you say learn instead of ruin. Bad companions will learn good character. And let me just say this. This is not just for teenagers. It's for folks my age. It's for folks older age. Every age needs to take heed to that verse. Everyone. Bad companions will learn good character. Number eight. I deceive myself when I think I can sin without consequences. I deceive myself when I... When, when I think I can sin without consequences. We think when no one, just because no one knows about our sin, we're getting away with it. That's self-deception. Guys, there is a universal law. It goes like this. We always, always reap whatever we sow. Always. Galatians 6, 7 says, do not deceive yourselves. No one makes a fool of God. You will reap exactly what you've planted. So if you've planted seeds of gossip, then other people are going to gossip about you. If you cheat other people, then you will be cheated. If you demean, or you're arrogant with other people, then other people will do that to you. If you're unfaithful, if you betray other people, then people will be unfaithful and betray you. It's the law of the harvest. 
You'll reap what you plant. You can't sin and get away with it. Just can't do it. It's always self-deception to pretend that we're perfect. 1 John 1.8 says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. It's not in us. You and me, we're not perfect. We're not perfect. Stop acting like it. Stop claiming to be. Now, I've given you eight of a lot of different ways that we deceive ourselves. Let me give you just some simple steps of how do I find and change my my natural tendency that I have to lie to myself? What do I do? How can I How can I work on my blind spots? And everybody has blind spots. Number one, ask God for clarity. It starts right here. You just ask God for clarity. When I know my heart is deceitful, Job 34, 22 says, says, he's asking God, teach me what I cannot see. If I've done wrong, I will not do so. Again, every one of us, you, me, we all got blind spots. Number two, second thing I can do is ask my small group for help. You know, I belong to several small groups. I know uh, me and the elders, we're always kind of holding each other accountable. You need to ask someone for help. God puts other people in your life. And they see things in you that you don't see. Let them and trust them speak to your life. Guys, you can see their blind spots. And guess what? They can see yours. Proverbs 12, 15 says, Fools think they need no advice. But the wise men listen to others. Self-deception. Fools think that they don't need any advice. I know you know people like that. And I get, when I said that, you automatically, their picture came to your mind. But I'm talking to you. And I want you to talk to you. Not think about who came to your mind. What about you? The best place to do that is in the safety of a small group where you can hold each other accountable without risk of someone blabbering it all over town. Help me see how I'm deceiving myself. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says, look closely at yourselves. Test yourselves to see if you are living in the faith. Where am I fooling myself? Number three, last one. I'm fixing to wrap it up. Ask Jesus to change me. Ask Jesus to change me. I want to tell you something, guys. The closer you live to Jesus, the more your life will be filled with the truth. 
closer you live to him. The closer you live to Jesus, the less vulnerable you're going to be to self-deception. You want to give in to it as much as possible. To living close to Jesus. Because if you don't, you're going to give in to self-deception. Then being away. You see, the more I walk with in the light of God, the more I can see who I really am. And others as they really are. The more you walk in the light of God, the more you'll move further out of self-deception into reality. This is one of the real reasons that uh, uh, Jesus came to earth. John nine thirty nine says, Jesus said, I have to give, I have come to give sight to the blind and to show those who think they see that they are really blind. They're really blind. He's not talking about physical blindness here. He's talking about blind spots, who you really are. Who you really are. I want to close today by reading a prayer from David. And I'd like for that, this to be our prayer. Maybe you can hang this up somewhere. Put it on your, your dash, your car, your refrigerator, your computer, wherever you spend the most time. David prayed this. None of us can see our own errors. So deliver me, Lord, from my hidden faults. Remember how we got started. It's, it's not enough just knowing the word. It's not enough just hearing the word, right? We have to obey and apply the word. So write that down. Psalm 1912. Write it somewhere where you can see it. None of us can see our own errors. So deliver me, Lord, from my hidden faults. Now this hasn't been an easy message for me to teach. But I received encouragement this week. I'm very thankful. This is one message I was kind of nervous. I'm a little nervous every Sunday, but I was pretty nervous this week until I got that message. I'm going to pray. You and me. And we're all delivered this week. And I'm going to end it by praying David's prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I'm so thankful. I'm grateful for everything that you've given me that you turned to a broken young man. to a better young man or a better older man now. Thank you for changing me. For giving me influence and affluence. I don't take it for granted. 
and said, Lord, I, I got folks that I love that need to be delivered from some lies they, that they're listening to. Whether it be news or the Facebook or their own lives. I pray for deliverance for them. And I pray that they would come to you. I pray that you would place people in their life that they can trust before the consequences are too hard. And as David prayed, none of us can see our own errors. So deliver me, Lord, from my hidden faults. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.